What's up, fam? Chotty here. A little unconventional. Uh, jumping in here on this audio. Uh, <laughs> I didn't record this episode uh, in the living room of my house. I recorded this next episode, episode four, The Full Armor of God, uh, live at Shoreline Church in Destin, Florida. And I can't wait to share it with you. So uh, let's jump right in. Oh, gosh. Um, I forgot to tell you guys that this episode was sponsored by Red Belly Hats. And uh, you can find them on Instagram. They're awesome. Go get yourself a cool hat. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people. And uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. much. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Whether you're watching online or whether you're in the building, you are loved and I see you and I'm stoked to be with you to talk about Jesus and living your best life today. Uh, Can I just real quick talk about how much I love Shoreline? My husband and I, we flew in from New York City where I'm currently working and uh, when we landed in Destin, it was like a breath of fresh air. We know that when we come to Shoreline, we're going to walk away feeling encouraged And um, your pastors are very dear friends of ours, and we love them. They have been safe places for us in a crazy season, an encouraging place for us in a crazy season. And how many of you know that when things get a little awry, the thing you need is really some steady people to hold up your arms? And those are your pastors. And so, yeah, give that God a clap for that one. Like uh, Pastor Eric didn't pay me to say that. Cool. So (laughs) he didn't. He didn't. But he did make a great dinner last night. Them steaks were the bomb. All right, so if I could talk about something, how to live your best life, I'm going to jump right in because I only got 32 minutes. I'm Cuban. I talk fast. I say inappropriate things. You're going to need to take notes. I'm sorry in advance if I offend at least five of you. So um, as I started to process how do you win, I was immediately reminded that uh, winning... I have, I have an overtly uh, competitive issue. My husband sat me down and said, baby, you try to win at things that don't matter. Like, I play Uno with little kids. <laughs> I'm the Uno champion in my house. I, that means I've only beat my husband. And so <laughs> I don't let him challenge me because I want to remain the Uno champion. And so little kids will try to play me in Uno, and I'm like, no. You've got to play four more people before I even let you play me once. And then you've got to beat me three times before I will even allow you my championship title. Like, why do I do that? I don't know. My husband and I will be driving two cars, and I have to beat him wherever we're going. Things that don't matter. And I feel like in the world and in culture, we do that. We think living our best life is one way, and God looks at it in a real different way. Living our best life in the kingdom looks like thriving. And so I started to think of something really, I was like, God, can you give me like a fun story, something I did that was kind of stupid that I can share? And God's like, well, you have a Rolodex of those. Use this one. And so I was immediately reminded of the time that Pastor Darlene took my Cuban behind to Montana. And she didn't tell me what we were going to do or that it was cold. She said, hey, I'd love to take you on a retreat. Can you just show up? Well, one of the things you also need to know is I am, I like to win at packing. 
Me and packing. I love to pack. I'm meticulous. Things are perfectly ruled. I have things in jars of packs and like, it's incredible. Oh, love language, packing. My husband tries to like repack and I want to strangle him. Like, I love him. I love his little face this morning. He was like, baby, you want me to help you pack? I was like, if you want me to choke you out, yes. Yes, I have to preach about Jesus. He was like, I'll make you coffee. So he's just great. I love him. He's learned. So she's like, let's go to Montana. Sweet, let's do this. I pack, it's meticulous and amazing. You should know that I identify as a New Yorker, so nothing I wore was appropriately for, for a Montana because I don't own anything that's a Columbia. Everything I own is like pea coat and suede boots and skinny jeans that are black. And so I show up to Montana looking like a New Yorker with rabbit felt hats. <laughs> so dumb. My snow boots were for fashion, not for snow. I had holes in all the jeans, in places you don't want holes when it's negative something. It is the devil. The devil's in negative somethings. So we get there, and because they love me, they got me a cool hoodie, they got me a beanie, they got me the right boots. And I began to think about what it looks like winning in the kingdom is when God shows you exactly what you need to be wearing in the season that you're in. And he took me to Ephesians 6, where we talk about the full armor of God. And if you want to win, if you want to thrive, you need to be dressed appropriately. Can we pray? So let's put your hands out like this. Like, God, whatever you want to drop in my hands or in my heart, I'm down. Father God, we love you. There's none like you. Let this revelation be your revelation. Let these words be your words. Lord, go ahead and take over these next 30 minutes. Father God, they are yours. They are not mine. So, Father, I just pray that you give me the right words, Lord. Whether they're watching online, whether they're listening later, Father God, or whether they're in the room today, Lord, wreck us in a way that when we walk out of this room, Lord, we'll know exactly what to say, when to say it, to have discretion and discernment, Father God that no matter what season we're in, Father God, that what we would identify is yours and solely yours and that people would know it. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's jump right into Ephesians. Okay, so the thing about Ephesians 6 is I feel like everybody reads it for the full armor of God stuff. Right? And they bypass everything else. So God talks about the armor in Ephesians 6, but he also gives you the basics. He also gives you the training. He also talks about the enemy. He talks about all those things, the basic things you need to live your life well, the training you need to live your life well, the dumb enemy that everyone blames for everything to live your life well. I think, just a real side note, I did a whole podcast on this. You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) I feel like we blame the devil for our stuff. Like, you didn't change your tires in seven years. It's not his fault. You got a nail in your tire. That's a you issue. Or like, you bought a house that needed help, and then you're like, the devil keeps giving me issues with the house. No, you bought a house from 1912. (laughs) I know this because I did that, so that was a me thing. And so I think Ephesians shows us this. Ephesians 6 walks us through the things we need to know so that when you're mad at the devil for not living your best life, the Lord can be like, oh, that's a you thing. The devil, I just don't think that he's sitting around going, flat tire for you and you. You get a flat tire. You get a flat tire. I don't. I think we just need to be good stewards of our life. And so we get to Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And I'm going to read it, okay? The whole armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Can I stop there real quick? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you want to be strong, you have to be surrendered to the power of his might. 
You're about to, I'm about to tell you the armor you have to put on. It's heavy. Armor's heavy. But it won't be in your strength. It's going to be in his. And I think it's incredibly important that he said that at the very beginning. There's nothing in the Bible that's cool and fun. And they were like, this feels like a good, the good verse we'll just throw in there. No, I feel like it's important to know before we even start the strength that you need to do this, to thrive, to win, is, uh, it's important, man. It's, it's surrendered to his strength. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Some of y'all just wearing the socks, and that's not even in the Bible. He's like, who gave you those? They're my armor socks of compassion, Jesus. Nobody said that. That's not even a thing. Like, Lord, uh, like me sometimes, I'm like, Lord, but I have the hat of coolness, Lord. He's like, that's not a thing either. I feel like we just go on and we make up things to put on in our life that are cool and cultural. And God's like, that's not even part of the outfit. I'm like, Lord, could you put stretchy pants in this, Jesus? As I am a stretchy pant enthusiast. Sweatpants would be nice, Jesus. And he's like, I did not give you an option for stretchy pants. Some of us want to thrive, but you can't even listen to what God is saying. And some of you are like, God, I don't know what you're saying. Well, it's because you didn't listen the last time he told you. He said, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. Guys, people are not the problem. Stop blaming people for your problems. People are just broken. We live in a broken world. People are dumb. So dumb. Especially in traffic during the summer in Destin. For you guys watching online, this city is really cool. And it's like lovely and you get to just, it takes like five minutes to get to Target. And then the summer happens. And I immediately forget that I'm not from Destin and I turn into a Destin local and I'm just mad at all the, all the tourists. That's not in the Bible. I just felt like you should know that. <laughs> I don't blame the devil for that. I blame the tourists. Therefore, take up the whole, say whole, whole, armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. Guys, don't be mad that you can't withstand the enemy when you're only wearing the socks. Stand there, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having... Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you have been able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay, so I'm going to go through each of these, and I'm going to go through each of these very strategically, and then I'm going to give you, if you wear this, this is what it'll produce. Cool? So then when you go and you put on the shoes of peace and you're like, I don't have any peace. And I'm going to be like, you put on the wrong shoes. You'll remember this moment. So let's start from the very beginning. Uh, The belt of truth. Oh, belts. I don't like wearing belts. It's because I've gained some poundage. That's what happens. Grief. I eat my feelings. And so what I've realized with belts is they hold you up and they hold you together. And the belt of truth, the word of God, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, it holds you up and it keeps you together. Truth in the kingdom is is absolute. It's not fluid. You can't pick and choose the pieces of the truth that you like and then, oh, that part doesn't work for me, Jesus, because it hurts people's feelings. Jesus wasn't in the like, oh, I really hope this doesn't hurt their feelings business. 
He was in the dying on a cross, a horrible death type of business so that we would all experience freedom one day. And so I know that's really intense. I'm Cuban. I don't feel bad about it. I just feel like you should know that the truth of God, his word, who, the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say that because for kicks and giggles. He said it because he knew you would need it. The thing about gaining weight that I've learned, which makes me mad that the Lord gave me this object lesson on on me being a little fats right now. I don't wear a belt because they're uncomfortable. I also think that I don't need a belt now because I've gained enough weight that the jeans fit right. So what happens is in life, we start gaining poundage of truth that isn't God's word and then we forget the belt because we think we don't need it. God, doesn't that make you mad? So dumb. Thank you, Jesus, for your object lesson. But it's true. You're ingesting nonsense. And guess what? You don't need a belt when you're ingesting nonsense. Let's ingest the right things. How do you know you're ingesting the right things? How do you know that you have the belt of truth? You got compassion. Now I'm going to throw these back to a fruit of the spirit. You know you have the belt of truth. If you're filled with compassion, truth doesn't cut people down. Truth builds people up. Why do you think Jesus is always around the riffraff? If he didn't have compassion, he would have been around the religious. I would much rather be around the riffraff than the religious. The religious only has rules. The riffraff want relationship. And that's what Jesus was about. Are you wearing your belt of truth every morning? Do you have compassion for your coworkers, for the people in traffic, for the tourists? Compassion. It'll change things. Also, compassion is not feeling bad for people. Compassion is active. I feel like people in this world have lost their compassion. And they've changed it and shifted it out for canceling. Because it's easier just to throw people away than to have compassion for them. And that's not who we are as the bride of Christ. It's just not who we are. And that's not who this church is. And that's not who you are that's listening online. That's not who God called us to be. The second thing is the breastplate of righteousness. (sighs) Breastplate of righteousness, this guards your heart. It guards your vitals. The word says to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. If you talk stupid, it's because your heart's all messed up. That was real articulate. You like that? That was for somebody. Somebody needed to hear it like that. I don't really talk like that. I do. I talk like that. (laughs) I wrote this down. It made me sad. Okay, so I was on keto for a hot minute. Again, with the weight jokes. Okay, so I was on keto for a hot minute. I lost almost 60 pounds, and then I started eating Meguiar's again. And then, and so what I've learned, (laughs) why is everybody laughing? When I put on the breastplate of righteousness in life, The issues that I have when I don't wear it, man, it's like it's really evident. Okay, so let me explain that. When I'm on keto and I'm guarding my heart and I'm guarding my vitals, I don't have asthma. I've got great cardio. That's a lie. I've never had cardio. Um, (laughs) But I feel better. My skin looks better. I'm drinking water all the time. If you don't have the breastplate of righteousness, goodness, guarding your heart, what comes out is nonsense. Everyone wants to be great. Everyone wants to win. But that's not a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness is. 
And I want to produce goodness in my life, in my marriage, in the way that I speak, and then when people encounter me, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yo, that joker's heavy and it's uncomfortable. It is. Also, like, I was looking up, like, what it looks like. There's, like, no back to it. So I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what if I get, like, arrows in my back? And God was like, I have your back. Why are you worried about your back? Focus on your front. But we're so worried about our back, we're just like, Oop, arrows. My bad, my bad. You know? Just focus on the things that are good. Focus on the things that are good, true. That's all that matters. Breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. Put it on every morning. Also, you've got to put these jokers on. Okay? So this is like active. This is like you've got to get up in the morning and choose compassion. You've got to get up in the morning and choose goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's preaching to myself. I don't even care if you like what I said. Shoes of peace. Shoes of the gospel of peace. Okay, you should know that I fell out of a ladder in December. So my husband, I was like, babe, we should paint the house. And he was like, yeah, we should. And I was like, let's get somebody to paint it. And he's like, no, we should paint it. And I was like, that's dumb. And he was like, is it? We have the time. Let's paint it. Let's be good stewards of our house. And I was like, again, dumb. And so I was trying to be a good steward while he was taking a break. And I, start, I got on a six-foot ladder, and I started to tape off the things you got to tape, you know, so that he could paint. And um, I, nothing about me says, I get on ladders, okay? So, <laughs> again, not appropriately dressed for the painting. I'm also that person that paints, and I'm covered in paint. Like, in places you shouldn't be covered in paint, I somehow, I just should never be painting. Okay, my father-in-law came to help us, and he was, like, in, like, khaki pants and a vest, like a man vest. And it was so cute. He had no paint on him. Point is, I should not have been painting. I should not have been on the ladder. I fell off the ladder. I was barefoot. I fractured my heel. So dumb. So that's why I'm in tennis shoes all the time, because I'm still, I'm still healing. But what I learned with a fractured heel is a lot about the shoes of the gospel of peace, Even though the shoes I wanted to wear were cool, I had to be very strategic about the shoes that I put on. And it was funny because the shoes that I put on were were very uncomfortable to the foot that I thought was okay. But to the foot that was broken, it held it together. And I think the shoes of the gospel of peace are a little uncomfortable. But they hold our broken pieces together. And every morning when we choose peace, not a feeling, the person of Jesus Christ... I'll say it again. Every morning when we choose peace, which is the person of Jesus Christ and not a feeling, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Because it's going to choose to be quiet to the pilots of life. It's going to be, you have to choose to be quiet to certain situations. And you're going to have to be mature and know what to say, when to say, and how not to say it. Peace. you got to choose it. Every morning when I put on my shoes now, I'm reminded to choose peace. And I pray peace over my home and over my job and over the things that we're about to do. God, I choose peace today. Every day you have to choose it. So then what happened was, I wrote this down because it made me mad. Um, (laughs) I started using crutches because I wanted to wear whatever shoes I wanted to wear. Straight up. Like the aesthetic was dope. I looked so cool with my crutches. My shoes were great. My foot hurt real bad. And so what happened is I only used one crutch because it was cool. So I'm like, with the crutch. I finally went to see a doctor, and he goes, your crutches have messed up your hips, your knees, and your other foot. There are crutches in life, my friends. They're going to mess up your walk because you won't choose peace. Listen carefully. 
There are crutches in your life that you think work for your aesthetic, and they're going to ruin your hips and the way you walk, and they're going to ruin relationships because you did not choose the right shoes in the morning. Choose peace. Choose peace. (sighs) Let me go back real quick. So the shoes of the gospel of peace, they produce peace. See what I did there? The breastplate of righteousness produces goodness, and the belt of truth produces compassion. If you're doing this right, those are the things that come from your life. You following? Great. All right. Here we go. Shield of faith. This joker is heavy. Okay, so... Shields are heavy, dude. You know what I don't want? A shield. Like, I don't need that. I'm just going to bob and weave. Like, I don't need a shield, Jesus. Like, there's things going on. You You know what I don't need? A shield. It doesn't work with my aesthetic. And God's like, but your faith, you got to pick that joker up every day. Because what happens is if you think you don't need it, it's kind of like the belt. You're going to start picking up other fake shields that you think are going to help you. But they don't. There are different kinds of shields. You know that? Yeah, I didn't know that. I Googled it. Shield of faith. Shields are heavy, but God is stronger. And this shield needs to be picked up daily. The thing that I wrote down that I wanted to share with you is that when you pick up that shield every day, it produces self-control. Chadi, you just said you were eating your feelings. I know. I don't preach anything I'm not currently walking through. It's not integrous to me. I'm telling you, I'm working this out in my own life. This morning, I got one taco instead of two. I told my husband I needed to drink all that water before my third cup of coffee. So that the poor people in the next service aren't like, is she talking or is she running? (laughs) The shield of faith. Every day you pick it up and you say, God, you're my God and you're my king. And everything I do today, God, is to glorify you and glorify all that you are. Shield of faith. It's active. Your faith should be active in how you speak, in how you walk, in how you love, in how you serve. You notice how I didn't use the word lead? Because real leaders do all those other things. Bless you. I love your hat, by the way. So, hat hat twins. (laughs) Self-control. You're cultivating this in your relationship. And then we have the helmet of salvation. I don't really wear this one sometimes because it's like it's messing up my hair in the spirit. If the shield of faith guards your heart, the helmet of salvation guards your mind. You want to know how you know you don't have the helmet of salvation? Two words. Shower fights. You ever argued with somebody in the shower that doesn't even know you're mad at them? No? Just me? No one in the car? No one's ever had a full-on argument with someone. And they're like, if they say this, this is what I'm going to say. Say it again. Oh, okay. And then they're going to come into work like this, and this is what I'm going to say. And then you see them, and they're like, hi, how are you? And you're like, I had a 45-minute shower fight for no reason. (laughs) I have a lot of these fights. I work them out, Lord, so I won't work them out in public. That's how you know. If the enemy can get in your mind and start putting carbon dioxide of nonsense, you'll start saying things and doing things and believing things and building castles in the sky about things that don't even matter. You have to wear the helmet. What is that movie? I was watching a movie with my husband, a World War II movie, and the dude's like, oh my God, the helmet just saved me. And then he took it off and then he died. Dummy, don't take it off. 
I love hats. I've been wearing hats since 1981. I mean, I used to watch Blossom as a kid. Any 80s people here? And so I would wear hats to school, and they would make me take them off. And I'm like, no. And so then now everyone's wearing hats, and it makes me mad because I'm like, this is custom. Rabbit fur, red belly. This is a custom hat. I did not get this joker at the Target. Like, you know what I mean? It makes me mad when people want to steal my aesthetic, and God's not like that. He wants you to steal his aesthetic. He wants you to wear something custom. He wants you to wear something kind and lovely and full of self-control. But I promise you, when you start wearing those little ghetto hats, they won't last. I know this because I got a lot of them. When I finally got this hat, I was like, oh, that's what it should feel like. That was stupid. I spent a lot of money on things that didn't matter. There's a quality to your thought life that God is trying to guard. And when you wear it, you know what it produces? Joy. You, if you're not happy, it's because you don't have the right helmet on. What do you mean, Chadi? Dude, your thought life, it needs to be guarded just like your heart. I always say that joy, joy is only produced when it's like um, rooted in thankfulness. You notice thankful people are never not happy? My mother-in-law's like this. My mother-in-law, I love her. She's the greatest person in the world. We'll be in the grossest place imaginable. And she'll be like, look at the tiles. They're beautiful. And I'm like, don't touch anything. You know what I mean? Like, she's just like always sees the best. You know what I mean? The food is horrible. And she'll be like, isn't the waitress nice? And I'm like, no, no, she's not. Like, because I'm not. I'm not like that. I don't, wear, I don't know if you forgot the whole helmet thing. I don't wear it. So, like, she is always thankful. It doesn't matter what season we're in, she's in the right pants. It doesn't matter what season we're in, she's wearing the right shirt. It doesn't matter where we're at, that woman is full of joy because she's so thankful. And it's because she guards her mind. She guards it, like, with, like, a ninja grip. And we don't do that. You know what we give our mind to? CNN, Fox, nonsense, nonsense, and everything else. Social media, hey guys, Facebook is not a real place. Twitter, not a real place. The Instagrams, not a real thing. Someone was like, you need to work on your platform. I'm like, I am, I'm right here, look what I'm doing. They're like, no, your social media platform, not a thing for me, I don't care. I don't care that much. I want the people that engage me in real life to feel though all the things that I'm talking about, not my social media thing. I'll do my best because I understand that it's a part of our culture and I'll try to be a good steward of it. But it's not a real place. You know what's a real place? Here, right now. You watching online, you know what that means for you? You got to show up. Come. Well, I have social anxiety. So do I. I'm standing here. This is my worst nightmare. I was just telling Darlene before I walked on stage, I don't like teaching. I love teaching if I can do it on my podcast where no one sees me. This, I'm sweating. It's true. Show up, man. Build some community in real life. Community online is great. But when somebody um, passes away and you need somebody to show up, the DMs don't matter that much. I'm just speaking from experience. I could be wrong. But in my experience, the I'm so sorry on Facebook, the happy birthday from the friend from high school means nothing to me compared to the friend that drove eight hours and showed up at my house. You know? God wants you to build community. He wants you to be in pocket. That's what produces joy. All right, got five minutes. 
the sword of the spirit. What does this produce? Kindness. Swords, you have to be trained in. The word of God, you've got to be trained in it. If you're not trained properly with the sword of the spirit, you know what you'll do? You'll hurt people. You'll hurt people. You'll use the word of God to cut down communities of people because you know the word. Yeah, well, I know Jesus and I know the word because you got to do both together. I love people that are like, I have this intenso prayer life, but you have no word life. Oh, I'm constantly in prayer and I'm constantly battling in prayer. Cool. How much of the word are you reading? Because prayer, uh, which God tells us to do right after this, by the way, prayer is talking to God. But the word is God talking to you. And I need to shut up a lot. And I want to hear what God has to say. I think it's incredibly important. It's equally important to have a very active prayer life. To the point where God tells him right after all of this, pray. But he wants you to pray with all these things in place. He doesn't want you to pray without goodness. He doesn't want you to pray without compassion. He doesn't want you to pray without joy. Because you know what you're going to sound like? Complaining. Not like God can't take your complaints. I say a lot of really bad things to God. Like, that's stupid, Jesus. Why do I got to say that? Like, he's just like, go read your Bible. Shush, shush. God doesn't want us out in the world. Can you imagine going out to battle and just being like a crazy person with a sword? God doesn't want you to. That's not living your best life. He wants you to win. Also, winning, we already did that. He did it on the cross. You already won. That's why after this, he says, go pray. He doesn't tell you, go fight. You want to live your best life? Get hooked up with the right things and pray. Sorry for yelling. We need the word. We, know to, we need to know how to wield the word. And we need to know who to wield the, world, the word with. You know what you don't need to do to somebody who's completely and utterly in sin? Throw Bible verses at them. No, go back to the first thing I said that produced compassion and have compassion on them. I just don't think Jesus was around to the lady that he, they got caught in adultery and he was like, okay, you're a hoe. And um, I'm going to go ahead and kneel here and I'm going to make this, but it's really to tell you all the dirty things that you did. Shh, shh, it's fine. You got some hoe tendencies and we're going to work this out. Again, I can only say this at Shoreline if I was in any other church. They would never invite me back. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if Jesus was like, you, you a hoe? No, he didn't do that. He looked at everybody else and he was like, you're a hoe and you're a hoe and I know what you did. Because Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was full of compassion, full of joy. The dude was so grateful. Even when he was betrayed, he looked at Judas and was like, I see you, homie. That's what I want to do. You want to live your best life? Put on the full armor of God. Say full. full. Say full. full. Come on, where's the piano guy? Full. Come on, yes. All of that. Come on, piano guy. He's like, I don't want to go up now. You said that you were going to land the plane. You're not landing it. You crashed it. The belt of truth produces compassion. The breastplate of righteousness produces goodness. Goodness is the fruit of the spirit, guys. Greatness is not. Stop trying to be great. Only God is great. And he'll make whatever you do great. When he created the world, he said, it is good. You know what you should be able to walk away from your day? I lay in bed at night. 
Man, we've been traveling nonstop. I'm in a new season. I'm not even on staff at the church anymore. My husband and I felt like we needed to step off into a new season. We're pastoring in the marketplace. I work in New York City. He's consulting. We're doing all these amazing, crazy things. Like we flew in from New York. I'm so tired. I've preached twice already this weekend, two other messages. But I've laid in bed every night and I've gone, God, it is good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Not to be like, hey, cool, look at me. But if you can't lay in bed after pouring yourself out and say, God, it's been good. You're not winning. You're not thriving. You're faking it till you make it. And that's not what God wants for you. He wants you to, he wants you to realize, one, you already won because he won on the cross. And two, you just got to be good. Full of peace. Put on the right shoes, guys. Throw the crutches away. Throw the crutches away. What, that could be a relationship. That could be a friend group. It could be a job. I don't know what that is for you. But the Lord will tell you. Self-control, the shield of faith. Pick up your shield. Do it daily. It builds discipline and self-control. Helmet of salvation, joy. Guys, I don't want you to get caught in the shower fights of life. I want you to be full of joy. So when the broken people are drawn to you and they don't know why, they're like, why do you have that joy? You're like, let me tell you about my best friend, Jesus. (laughs) I just want the world to experience the love of Jesus. It's the only thing I want in my life. I have nothing else. Somebody said, "You good job this weekend. Go preach Jesus. I said, I don't have a plan B. That's all I got. Anyone else not preach Jesus, run. It's all I have. It's all you should have. But it's because I'm in the word. Are you in the word? The sword of the spirit, that word should produce kindness in you. Kindness. You've got to go to war with kindness. I know that sounds dumb. Right? But you, you won't know who to throw that sword at if you're not filled with kindness. Jesus was filled with kindness. And when he stood in front of Pilate, he was like, bro, you're not even in charge of this. When he stood in front of the religious, you guys aren't, you're not even in charge of this. So much so that when he stood on the cross and he looked down at John, he said, son, take care of your mother, mother, take care of your son. He had enough wits about him to take care of his family, even in his brokenness. I want to be like that. That even in the moments of brokenness, I'm still kind. I'm not always kind. Let me not have a cup of coffee for 45 minutes after I wake up. I turn into a crazy person. I'm sorry, babe. He's like, no, I know. (laughs) So can I pray for you? First of all, if you don't know this Jesus, whether you're watching online or whether you're here, it's a real simple thing. It's not this overtly intenso. It's just like, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I want you to live in my heart. Jesus, I want to give you my life and I want to live for you. That's it. It's just closing your eyes right now and saying that. And secondly, you might be one of these people that doesn't have one of these things on correctly or might not have any of them. So I challenge you, put them on. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together. Lord, I just ask you to bless these people in this room from online to here. God, Lord, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, turn your face toward them and give them peace. Shalom. Amen.
Well, I hope uh, that this message impacted you the way that it impacted me uh, when I taught it. And I hope you walk away with a different perspective on how to see Gosh, even when you get up and you get dressed in the morning, my prayer is that you look at your shoes differently, you look at your belt differently, you look at your life differently, and uh, you walk away feeling encouraged. And uh, yeah, I can't wait uh, to release the final one on prayer. Uh, You know, the funny thing is, is that after we do all these things, God encourages us to pray. That's the thing we do in battle, we pray. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence that I'm ending another season on prayer. We're talking about prayer yet again because I believe in this next season of the big church, the big C church, God is calling us to pray. Okay, well, I'll see you on the next episode. Love you, weirdos.